Welcome to the Tiffany Talks podcast show where I discuss holistic health, healing, and helping others in 30 minutes or less. I'm your host, Tiffany Patlin, a health and wellness coach, motivational speaker, best-selling author of Unlocking Your Ability to Heal, a blessed ambassador where we share a need and meet a need, founder of Cosmic Sweets, Herbal Potions, and Tiffany Patlin Health and Wellness, where I use my life experience of overcoming a life of abuse to help people just like you discover your own unique path to healing and happiness. I am on a godly mission to heal the world. Everybody, our special guest today is Courtney Anderson. I'm excited for this interview because she is amazing. I love what she's doing. Um, she is a sober coach, a podcast host, and your personal sober cheerleader. I love that. She is the founder of National National Sober Day, which is on September 14th, and the founder of Sober Vibes, an online support community for recovery and sober curious women of all ages. Let's bring on Courtney. Hi. Hi, Courtney. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Very excited to learn about you and everything that you do. Um, I know, um, you know, this is a very important topic. Uh, so I'm happy that you're on and I'm so excited to learn about you and everything that you're doing. Um, so to start, I would love it if you could share a little bit about your backstory. Sure. Well, thank you again for having me on. Um, so my journey really started when I quit drinking alcohol on August 18th, of 2012. I was in a decade, decade long love affair. I like to call it a very toxic love affair with alcohol because I do believe you get into a relationship with it. It started off very innocently at 19. Um, I did not drink much before. I never wanted to go down that route because addiction was ran in my family. And I was like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. And then at 19 years old, I got a taste of it and it just completely changed my life. And in that moment, it was, it was, it, it was an instant love. It kind of freed me, brought me out of my shell. Um, all the things you can think of for somebody who was kind of quiet and shy of, of bringing that person out. That's what Ooh. it did for me. Liquid and really courage. liquid courage. Yes. And I felt very protected. Um, so by 25, I knew I was going to have to quit drinking for good. Um, by this time from 19 to 25, my drinking progressed into something dark, you know, a lot of missed opportunities, waking up in a jail one morning, waking up in a, a hospital a few times. Um, pissing off friends, ruining relationships, blacking out on a regular basis, being hungover for many, many days. Also too, when I tw turned 25, my hangovers then shifted <laughs> to what then was like, I would have severe anxiety after. And even to one time I thought I had, was having a heart attack and went to like a walk-in clinic and, oh, and the doctor wow. was like, you're having a panic attack. <laughs> 
Yeah. And I, la I laugh about it now because I can, and I've used humor in my recovery to it because that's how ridiculous it got. But also too, I was on like a three day bender leading up to that. So 25 to 29, I tried moderating. I tried setting all these rules on my drinking of what I would drink, what I wouldn't drink. I rode that cycle out for four years until finally at 29, six weeks shy of being 30, I lost my rescue cat uh, for a second time due to being due to being drunk. My boyfriend at the time who we live, we lived together, he was like, you know what, you can continue drinking, but I'm not going to be on this path with you anymore because I can't do it. It had been a year and a half of, of my drinking antics. And that night when I lost my cat, I stood over a bed and, you know, threatened his life. Like who wants to be in a relationship with that? You know what I mean? So, so three days after that, I found my cat. And in those three days, I said to my God, which is the universe. I said to the universe, you know, if I find Fiona, I'm going to give this sober life a go. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Okay. Didn't think more other than just finding my cat, making that decision. Found my cat. I haven't had a drink since August 18th of 2012. And my boyfriend is now my husband. And we have, oh, <laughs> we have a, so much. <laughs> yeah, we have a six and a month, uh, six and a half month old. And, oh. you know, it was just, it was, it was for me, uh, my drinking was becoming and was a matter of life and death. I had put myself in many dangerous situations, you know, even just being hammered and going into blackouts that that's dangerous. And, and you never know what could happen. I mean, people fall and hit their heads the wrong way and don't wake up ever again. So, so it was just, it, it was a slow decline. But by 29, after that, I was just, I was good and tired. I was physically, emotionally exhausted of riding that ride. I wanted off. So the opportunity to present itself how it did. And as I said, I haven't had a drink since. Wow. Well, first off, I just want to say I am so proud of you. Thank because you. When we go through these things, it's challenging, very, very challenging. Mm -hmm. And um, you deserve to be celebrated and honored for that. So I appreciate what you've done because I know how challenging it is. And I'm just so proud of you and happy that you're doing what you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I, I agree with you, too. I mean, I've pretty much celebrated in some sense since being sober, you know, the summer will be 10 years. That's huge of some way of celebration because when people aren't in that same, when they aren't every day fighting to not drink, they don't get it. So any day you wake up sober, it, it's, it is, it's a celebration. Yes. I love that. Mm -hmm. And I can resonate with a lot of what you said. Um, cause I did the same thing, that liquid courage. I found drinking to be like my best friend. I couldn't wait to get off work and hit the bar. That's what everybody did. Yeah. I had so much trauma and I didn't even realize that, mm -hmm. um, what I was doing. I had right. no clue. I was completely clueless that I was numbing all of my pain. I just knew it felt good. Like what you said, yeah. it felt really good. And right. so you are more out there. You're more talkative. You do things mm -hmm. that you normally wouldn't do. Right. Oh yeah. 100. Would you say that the person that you became when you were drinking was not nowhere close to the real you? Oh, 100%. You know, and I have a hard time when people are like, you know, of uh, the truth comes out when you're drunk. Like, 
I don't know if it really does, to be honest. You know, maybe the truth comes out of some resentments that you were hanging on to that you didn't have maybe the balls to say when you were sober in that right frame of mind. But yeah, like, for instance, standing over the, because that was not the first time I threatened Matt's life. I, I, I mean, sober, I never wanted to hurt this man. I loved right. him very much. So it's just like, for me, it was a light switch. I could feel it within that first cocktail. My, the switch going off in my brain and it wouldn't stop. I just, I had no off switch. So, so yeah, I, I don't, I never felt those feelings, you know, when I was yeah. sober. Yeah. Wow. Towards, so towards people like that. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that because I feel like a lot of people that are in that position, you know, where they're drinking, they can resonate with that. Um, we just do things that are not really true to the person that we are. And I, I feel like what really comes out, like you, like you said, maybe not necessarily the truth, yeah. but I feel like if we have any suppressed emotions from trauma that we've experienced, I think that's what comes out. Because I know like when I would have my crying episodes and things like that, because I was a blubbery mess, belligerent, all the things, mm-hmm. and that stuff would come out. Whoever was around, I would be crying, I'd be a mess, and I'd be sharing with them, you know, things that had happened to me in the past. It's because they were unresolved. Mm-hmm. And it like just... I don't know. It was like, it just came out, you know, when you're drinking, it's like that monster. It's like a Mm -hmm. manifestation of everything that's in there. And you're just this other person. Wow. I mean, alcohol is a hell of a drug and that's the thing. It takes over, it takes over and becomes something completely different than you thought it was. Definitely agree with that. Um, Why do you feel people become addicted to drugs or even alcohol? I am. I love this question because I, from my perspective, I really think it has to do with some form of trauma. 100%. I am not one who looks at, you know, of the story we've been told for so many years that marijuana was a gateway drug. I don't believe that. I believe that there is a reason you choose to, when I emphasize choose, because you do go down this path. Like I said, I started off very innocently. And then when it turned into something darker, it was because of my own past trauma of my situation of like, oh, okay. And I did not understand it until I quit drinking to be like, why was I numbing out and trying to cope this way? Like what was really the root cause of this? So, so it's an interesting process when you do get sober and have to dig deep of those layers that come up because, you know, for me, I have learned in my recovery, what I thought was why I was drinking. That was just one aspect. (laughs) There's like 20 other ones, you know, so where I'm like, okay. So I, I definitely think that, um, that trauma and in and, and coping lead people also and also to genetics and what you grew up in. Um, I believe that plays a big, huge factor too. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, um, now I'm very curious. Um, <clears throat> you did share though with us, right? Your defining moment of what made your mm-hmm. choice to get sober and that was your cat. Um, mm-hmm very interested to learn more about the cat people who don't know about that like can you explain about that why you had it how it helped you on your sobriety journey yeah so we rescued this this cat when we rescued her she was found on the streets my friend found her and i live in michigan so we have extremely extremely cold winter time she found her on february 5th of uh 2011 and 
I just remember that because she she named her five when just for the 24 hours she had her. So she was like, Courtney, I found this cat. She she's like, I, I don't I can't keep her or Kim, whatever at the time. And she sent me a picture and I'm like, this cat was by the time I took her to the vet that afternoon, the cat was like two and a half pounds. And I begged Matt. I was like, please, let's take this cat in. And he was not a cat person. He was like, well, are you going to like scoop the litter and stuff? I said, absolutely. I'll feed her. Okay. <laughs> so we bring her in and, you know, had her for, for that period of time for the year and a half. And it just really, honestly, when it comes to Fiona and the love for my cat, because I believe with pets, it's an unconditional love that you don't experience with maybe with human beings, especially too, if you've had a crappy history with humans. Um, so with animals, it just touches differently, you know. So when Fiona got lost for the second time, it brought in this whole shame factor of me of like, I'm supposed to be caring for her. I was the one who begged her. And then I like pictured her on the side of the streets, like being hit by a car. And it just really, it broke my heart of like going down the road and future tripping within those three, three days of waiting to find her. I'm like, what's going to happen if I, if I have a child and I'm still doing this and what's going to happen if a child's on my watch and I'm in a blackout and something happens to a kid. So it was just that last moment where I'm like, this is now affecting a really great relationship and now affecting you know, one of the loves of my life. And that's my four-legged friend. (laughs) So, so when we found her though, I do have to explain this because a lot of people have these moments. When I found her, I went outside. She was underneath this deck that I had checked for three days. I checked the spot. So she, she walks out and I was like, oh my God. And this cat has cobwebs and leaves in her face. And I like approach her slowly and I'm not kidding you. Everything around me got very still and she runs up to me and I dropped to my knees and it really felt, and then she peed on me because she was scared as rightfully so, but it felt like time stopped and I'm not kidding you. Like I couldn't even hear cars. Nothing happened. I felt like that was my universal moment and I could cry now, but it was my universal moment sorry no you're fine don't apologize for expressing emotions I it's beautiful it was my universal moment to finally say stop like it's enough you try you you tried this for 10 years it's not working for you anymore and it keeps holding you back and holding you back and holding you back and so that's the love I have for Fiona in that moment was my quote unquote higher power. If you want to look at it like that, like it was just somebody to love besides myself more to willing to be able to be like, okay, enough is enough. Yeah. So. I love that. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> our creator will use things for each of us. Yes. Our own path, our own way. Mm-hmm. And it's just beautiful. I absolutely love. That's why I always ask everybody who's on, what is your backstory? Yeah. Like, it is powerful. There's so many powerful lessons and we're all human, you know, and we all have sometimes the same experiences. We might react differently to them, but we can all relate and like we can understand. And I think that's really important and really huge. So mm-hmm. 
sharing that. I, I really, really appreciate that. And it's funny that you said that about how everything stood still and you didn't even hear cars. Because I have a defining moment where I was actually out on the street and I was sitting on the sidewalk and I was just screaming out into the night, somebody come effing, take me, rape yeah. me me I didn't care because I just wanted everything to end right. and I got a response and it was complete silence and I say that that silence spoke mountains because mm-hmm. it made me realize that nobody is here to help you Tiffany so what are you going to do lay down and die or get up and keep going yeah and I made the decision to get up and keep going otherwise I wouldn't be here <laughs> right. I mean and that's the and that's the thing I think whatever journey people are on at, you just, it's to the point where it's like, okay, I i can't go any farther back than where I already am emotionally and physically. So it's like, what is next? And that is to go forward into like, all right, let's change something differently, you know? So yes, I agree with you. The, the universe works in mysterious ways, but at the right time. And that's the whole thing. I didn't have a plan. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have a plan this time to try to quit drinking or moderate it or do whatever I told myself for 10 years with it. Like, it was just like, I'm not going to drink. Yes, yes, yes. And um, now I want to ask you in your own words, like from your experience, mm-hmm. and because I know you're a coach and you work with um, people, mm-hmm. um, how would you describe how alcoholism, you know, affects our mental, physical, and even spiritual health? It robs people. It completely robs people. The thing, you know, I'm not, uh, it it probably sounds like a contradiction from me, but I'm not anti-alcohol because there are people who can drink and they don't have a problem. So I'm not trying to take that away from anybody, nor am I trying to go up to alcohol against big alcohol companies. Like I don't have the time for that. I'd rather just speak out on this, put the energy into this. Um, But when you have a problem, I ha- I'm talking from a person from a problem standpoint, it robs you completely, you know, and it, it robs you mentally. Alcohol, the only good thing that alcohol is good for, as we've learned in the past couple of years, is disinfectant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so it just, it, it, it can rob you when you have a problem like that of everything. Yeah. And it, it sells you a big lie. It, it promises things where, and then it doesn't deliver. And the only time that I've had where I'm like the things that have delivered was because I was sober and I chose not to drink. So everything that I wanted in my, my active addiction never came to light because it kept robbing me and bringing me down. That's why I, that's why I talk about alcohol as in you're in that toxic relationship where you go back and then you're like, no, no, no. And then you're like, please, please, please. <laughs> like It's one of those give take, but they're not, you know, it's not really given back to you. And it only gives back to you, honestly, for, for a moment of time um, and then robs you again the next day. So, so it just, it takes away so much. Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all of it, it, it does not, it's not a good thing. I wish I had like more detailed, but that's the best way that I can describe it to you of just, it, it robs you of a lot. I agree with that. That's a great mm-hmm. way to describe it. It robs you. Something I experienced and I've learned is that um, 
you know, nutrition is huge mentally, yeah, physically, yeah. and spiritually. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we drink, um, it strips us of the our essential nutrients. So if we're not taking care of ourselves physically and we're drinking, it's like a double whammy almost. And you're right. In every way, every way you look at it, you're being robbed. You're being robbed of healing. You're being robbed of, you know, your mental health, your nutrition, your physical body. Some people, you know, I've heard of beer guts, you know, it just, it's yeah. not healthy. Nothing good comes from it. We think so because yeah, yeah. we don't feel the pain, but when you're sober, the way we were meant to be, you don't, you know, it's, it's back. It floods back. So yeah. Wow. Um, And then also too, like going into the health, just real quick, like all, all the things that alcohol, blood pressure, you know, all of a sudden this last year, finally they talked about cancer, but for years and years and years, the wine industry was backing up a study saying uh, a glass of wine is good for you each day. And it's just like, you know, when I like, there's just so, so, so much that health, issues alone that alcohol bring upon you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm glad you said that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would really love to hear um, if you could share with us one of your success stories of someone that's come to you that, to work with you for sobriety. Um, I, You know, a lot of success stories with me, I, I have had many people continue on their sober path, but I think what is with the sobriety thing is because relapse is very, very common. Statistically, yeah. it's like 80%. And, and yes, that people who say that they're going to quit drinking or go on the path, 80% end up relapsing. I don't ever judge or shame people. I always ask clients because I have had clients working with each other end up um, slipping, having a bump in a road because I can't be there physically to slap a glass of wine out of their hand, you know, uh, I'm there for support, accountability, empowerment, let's work on this. But I have to say, almost everybody that I have worked with, I have been able to start to finish, say here, here, and see such a huge mental shift of growth, of where from day one, it's, I can't do this. I can't do this to day 90 being like, I've put boundaries in place. <laughs> I started doing daily structures. I found passion. I mean, cause daily structure is key in sobriety. Cause it keep it keeps your structure and keeps you, you going. I can't stress that enough with the daily structure. I'm not saying you need like 95 rituals in one day, but like, let's just start doing little things that make you feel good each day that yeah. take care of you. Um, so to day 90 of like having a solid daily structure of maybe finding something that brings them joy that used to be, you know, that they used to do in their childhood. Like I said, putting boundaries in place, stop saying yes to people when they didn't want to do it in the first place. So I have to say really with working with women, it's more than just staying sober. It's the transformation of growth mindset and just growth physically, emotionally, spiritually. And the healing process they start doing. I actually had a client because I saw her and I, you know, a lot of I become friends with. I'm sure you're the same way because you have such an intimate relationship. And she actually, she texted me the other day talking to me about a um, documentary she was watching. She was like, man, 
now I know why I drank for so many years. Like she was just telling me about this documentary and how it correlated to with, with something in that documentary of, of why she, she drank. Cause that's something she discovered when working together. Like what, let's talk about the issues of why do you drink? Anybody can stop drinking, as I said, but it's, it's the underlining. Why do you choose to cope this way? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. What is the root cause? Like, I feel like you hit the nail on the head with that. What is yeah. the root cause? Mm-hmm. We're not born with a, you know, a drink in our hand. You know, there's something that causes us to want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to ask you about actionable steps, but I feel like you kind of addressed that. And I agree with you. Um, having that morning routine, it's how you start your day. Yeah. Um, me personally, I make sure to focus every day on my mental, physical, and spiritual health. And I refuse to start my day until I do that because it sets the tone for the day. It sets you up. So you are prepared. Um, so yeah. Did you want to add anything to that? Because I feel like what you said was really great. Yeah. I definitely think, I mean, you know, as I said, there's, there's, your mind's going to play tricks on you with like how to start quitting drinking. There's, there's never going to be a right time to quit drinking. You're going to think of a trip that you have planned two years down the road. You're going to think of five weddings that are within like the next year or two down the road. Like, you know, what about when the patio season arrives and I can sit down? It's, there's always going to be something of why you shouldn't quit drinking today. Mm -hmm. I have to say the most actionable step is just start today and, and just start today. And then to, yes, incorporate a morning routine, get support, uh, all of that. And you just have to little by little add it up and don't overwhelm yourself because it's very, it's very easy to overwhelm yourself. Yes. You know? so. Baby steps, little steps and don't compare, don't compare yourself oh, to yeah. somebody else. Cause your journey is your journey. And we are all meant to experience things for a reason. We are meant to learn lessons, specific lessons, and we're all different. So mm-hmm. never do that. Please don't mm-hmm. do that. But I agree. Start today. <laughs> We're mm-hmm. <moving> on. <laughs> yeah. And like, you just really have to, what about Bob it with like Bill Murray of just saying a baby step. It's just baby step. This isn't, this isn't something that, you know, is going to happen tomorrow. It's, right. this is a work in progress because again, anybody can, everybody has a different experience with the whole quitting drinking thing. And it is very important to understand that. Your path and how you process things is not the same as somebody else who's just like, okay, well, for health reasons, I'm just going to stop. Like, you know, so, so it's very, yeah, don't compare. I should say, don't compare. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you so much. And as we come to the end of our show, um, do you have a profound statement or quote that you can share to inspire our audience today? Uh, my statement is, and I'll get emotional again, but you know, I came from a a place of not loving myself and wanting to die uh, many, many times and not thinking that I was worthy and good enough. And for anybody listening who's in that state currently, and just know that it is a fight and that you're worth it and to keep going and just keep loving yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, I believe you do. Oh, just, just keep going. I love your heart. I love your heart. I can tell how passionate you are about this. And I think that's what really makes a good coach is because you've been through this, you know, and you understand, you know, and you have a heart. You clearly have a heart and you have the desire to help other people. And that is so beautiful. And I just want to say thank you for doing the work that you are doing. Keep it up. Keep it up. Thank you. The world needs you. 
Thank you very much. I appreciate that. It's just, it, and it's been a lot more heavier in the past couple of years. And, you know, like I said, people, people don't understand how hard it is to quit drinking. Yeah. So. Oh, this was great. Everybody be sure to check out Courtney and follow her on social media. All her links are in the description box. Thank you so much, Courtney, for coming onto the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. You bet. Uh, thank you. And we will be in touch. Okay. Take care. Whew, that was a good one. Thank you, everybody, today for listening to the episode, um, whether you're watching live or on replay. Feel free to comment with what resonated with you. And as always, I greatly appreciate all of your reviews. You can help me reach my 2022 goal to spread the word by inviting your friends and family to like and follow on Facebook and subscribe on YouTube. You can also listen at your leisure on major podcast distribution channels. I, I leave you today with this quote. I love this quote. It resonates with me so much. And I'm not sure who it's by. It says unknown. Um, but whoever came up with it, it's great. I'm not addicted to alcohol or drugs. I'm addicted to escaping my reality. I feel like that deserves a mic drop. <laughs> um, because I realized that through my healing journey, that it, I was not really, truly addicted to the drugs or the alcohol. It wasn't that. I was addicted to escaping my reality because in my reality, my trauma, I was full of so much trauma. I projected everything out to everybody else all around me, all of because of all the unhealed emotions you know, that I was carrying inside. I was weighed down by it and it was too much for me to handle. You know, At least that's how I felt and that's why I went to the drugs and alcohol. So, um, if that, you know, sparks, you know, some interest in you, you know, let's talk, message me, message Courtney. She's there to help you. She's been through it. This is her jam. Um, and that's it, you guys. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm cheering you on from afar. <laughs> I'm Tiffany Patlin signing off until the next episode. Take care, everybody. Bye.